It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. BJ Howes Metal Land. Mention SEN in store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. We're live from Shelley Beach Golf Course. Uh, welcome to the weekend. A little bit of cloud around, but plenty of sunshine as well. Glistening off the water here, which is away to our right. And, of course, Buttes, as always, overlooking the 18th green here at Shelley Beach. Uh, some players are out there at the moment, but a little bit later on, this will be a hive of activity with the Greg Chalmers Jr. So hundreds of juniors from right around New South Wales will be here at this gorgeous layout, Shelley Beach Golf Course. Really looking forward to seeing them in action in the Greg Chalmers Jr. You, you forget that Greg Chalmers was a junior here himself mm. at one point, and he's gone on to have a fabulous career based in the U.S. at the moment. Well, good, good morning. morning, Steve. How are you going? It's uh, What a great morning. Uh, I'll tell, tell you how I'm going, Buttes. Yeah, uh, it's one of my favourite days of the year. My beautiful daughter, Talia, ah. 25 today. Now, you, wow. and I, you and I are both parents. Yes. How vivid is the birth of your children. So when Talia was born at North Shore Hospital in 1997, I was down at Freshwater Beach and I got a phone call. Uh, this is pre-mobile phones. Mm. And it said, you better haul ass to uh, North Shore Hospital. And it was the most perfect day I've ever seen. And then our beautiful daughter born just after 11 a.m. that morning. And uh, so today, my favourite day of the year. Fantastic. Favourite day of the year. Is, yeah. it, is she your favourite? Is she? Uh, is that what you're saying? Well, Corey, is, Corey born August 20. but That's the second favourite day of the year. Talia's firstborn and a beautiful wow. baby girl. I don't, want to, I don't want to cause any controversy here at all. Little ray of sunshine. Ah, it's coming to the world. Beautiful. Yeah. And speaking of that, our great friends, uh, Anthony and Kerry Clark, they become grandparents again. Again. They're, their gorgeous daughter, Bianca. You know, this is the best news I've heard in 2022. There's was, it a lot little, of, was it little Rocco? Yeah, I love the name. Rocco. Rocco Stormy. Yeah, love it. And, you know, there's been a, a lot of bad news in 2022, and this is the best news of the year so far. So far, most definitely, mate. And uh, another ray of sunshine has come into the world. And little Rocco? Yeah. What's he going to become? Superstar? Footy player? Yeah, well, it's one of those names, isn't it? Oh, Rocco. And uh, I think they'll have to say the middle name, Rocco, Rocco Stormy. Stormy. Yeah, I like it. I like it a uh, lot, mate. And I want to find out about the intel behind it. We'll mm. find out with uh, Tony but Clark shortly. We don't in, want to go too deep there. In the meantime, in the meantime, uh, we've got this guy waiting patiently on the line, and it deserves a round of applause. Central Coast Mariners through to the FFA Cup Grand Final. Head coach Nick Montgomery joins us. Good morning, mate. Congratulations on a superb win against Sydney FC. Morning, guys. Yeah, superb. Really, really happy for everyone in, involved in the club and for the Central Coast as well. So we just got to keep our fingers crossed that we can get a home final and pack the stadium out and, um, yeah, give ourselves a chance to get some silverware. You dominated most of the stats, including shots on goal. And how Maresh missed, I mean, you've just got to hand it to Andrew Redmayne, former Central Coast Mariners keeper, who I believe has gone from strength to strength since he left our club. And he made a couple of world-class saves, no doubt about it. Yeah, he did. Look, it was frustrating for me. I said that after the game. I think that we could have easily won the game. And 
And unfortunately, we, uh, Andrew Redman had the game of his life, but obviously for us, disappointing not to not to finish the game off early. But yeah, we made it exciting, and he took a penalty in the end to, to win the game. But you know, on reflection, more than deserved to win the game, and, and I don't think anyone could argue that. Monty, I remember you know we spoke to you probably when you first come in as a head coach, and you had this mantra that you know you were always going to go into every game, every competition to win, uh, and now you've put yourself in a position where. You know, we're in the final of the FFA Cup, which, you know, is a great performance. And, you know, you've brought in a whole different squad. Well, not a different squad, but different players, younger players that have come in, brought a level of enthusiasm. Uh, you've worked with these guys before. It must feel really good to see what you've implemented over the last six to 12 months. And, you know, prior to that in terms of the academy stuff, starting to pay the rewards that, you know, that hard effort or that hard work has uh, really... I guess being rewarded. Yeah, to be honest, like you mentioned there, the, the academy was is obviously really important, and you know I, I honestly believe that the momentum that the, the club got last year was for the likes of Luke Hall and and Dan Dan Hall and Max Ballard, all these young boys that came through last year, and, and obviously that was that was uh, great for the academy. But this year for me, it was about you know changing, not changing everything, but changing most things and putting my stamp on the team and. And I wanted to be a team that creates chances, scores goals, but also defends well. So I think the, the shift in pre-season was pretty pretty quick and we brought a lot of new players in. So look, it's never easy. It's never easy. And, and every every team in the A-League this season, bar us, spent a lot of uh, a lot of budget. Um, and then Sydney, the other night, you only got to look at the players they're bringing off the bench, you know, marquee players and, and ex-internationals. And, and, you know, we've got a bunch of kids on the bench that, that are coming on and, and giving us what we need, and that's energy and enthusiasm. But look, the boys are really good. We've got a close group. Um, that's one thing that that you know that the culture of this club needs to rely on is, is keeping everybody close and fighting for each other. And uh, just just delight, mate. And, and obviously for me as a head coach, to see a lot of these young boys and actually give them an opportunity, so you know that they're going to give everything back. And they're an honest group. We've got some good senior boys, so I think the balance is right. And we're just going to keep, you know, we're going to keep uh, keep growing. And there's more young kids coming through as well so um, no, look, it's, it's fantastic for the club to get to the final and we've got a big game against Melbourne City tomorrow so looking forward to that one as well. Hey uh, for our listeners who missed it there was a penalty and we'll just talk you through it so Lewis Miller brought down now if you watch the replay it's just outside millimetres outside the box no VAR in the FFA Cup so mm-hmm. the Mariners get a penalty then you've seen Andrew Redmayne he bounces from side to side and it looks like he'd be really difficult to take a penalty kick against. Urania, the Costa Rican superstar, my favourite player, mm. has gone straight down the middle. But it was a thunderbolt. Uh, Nick, give us your thoughts when you saw that moment. And what an incredible strike. Yeah, look, I, I, uh, I said after the game that you know, big moments in the game, you need players to step up and you put your trust in them. Obviously, Marcos uh, felt confident to take the penalty, but yeah, it was like one of them games, Steve, where the, you know the thing's moving along. You got to try and hit it. That's how, how it looked, and for Marcos to go through his legs, um, I think it was fitting. But um, you know, just just again, for me, we shouldn't have needed the penalty to win the game. We had ample opportunities, um, you know, to finish the game off before that. And and you know, if you're going to ask me if I'm going to feel sorry for Sydney FC, you. We've had a lot of calls over the years. Look at the calls we've had. You know, I don't think anyone till after the game and saw it in slow motion even thought there was any doubt that it wasn't in the box. So, you know, for me, that's the beauty of football before VAR. Calls were made, and and, and again, you know, for me, it was uh, it, you know it, it was more than deserved. And and yeah, like you said, we had 
penalty saw the Wollongong game. We had Mark Berry get sent off in a penalty against us for mm. absolutely nothing. So these things happen, and and yeah, I, yeah, I don't think anyone can fault the referee for giving that call. And even on the slow motion, still questionable whether it's in the box or outside the box. So um, yeah, we're in the final. That's all that matters, and, and can't wait for it. After the success of uh, Tuesday night, mate, you've got to now prepare the boys for a big game against uh, the Premier's Melbourne City uh, tomorrow. How do you go about that? Is there many changes to the side, uh, guys to be rested at all, or we're just they're ready to go? Look, you know, it's like every club, you're still suffering from the COVID thing. You know, we've mm. probably got a couple of players that, 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 that will maybe have to be out for tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, to be honest, it's... It, We've got a tight squad, and I don't worry. The boys that come in, I know they're going to do a job. So for me, it's mm. it's a case of, you know, we got through, we enjoyed the game, after, we enjoyed the result after the game against Sydney, and then we've not even reviewed it. We play Sydney next week, so we've knocked that on the head, and, and we started preparing for Melbourne City. So for me, it's you know the, the finals in you know, in, in the future, and that's our least of our worries today. Today is about preparing for for Melbourne City who are a good side and, and you know rightly so they won everything last season but you know they're coming to our stadium and, and we're confident like like you said before going to every game and, and, and the boys going to every game wanting to win the game so nothing will change Mate I just want to ask you about some of these young guys and I don't know whether you've seen the recent Mate commercial but they've got to do some work on their dancing and acting it's pretty ordinary <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did. I saw that. Um, yeah, did some shocking dancing, but oh, anyway. Oh, wow. Yeah. My goodness. Hey, Monty, give us your thoughts. Uh, give us your thoughts on Melbourne City. Uh, I think last start was a, a six-goal thriller mm. against Western Sydney Wanderers, and the Wanderers led 2-0, but, you know, fantastic game. Three all in the end. Yeah, obviously they're a good team. They've got a massive budget, massive squad. I know the, I know the coach really well there. We did our pro licence together a couple of years ago. Um, so, yeah, look, they're a dangerous team. You know, you're going to look at the front four, McLaren, Naboo, Leckie, uh, Cilio. You know, they've, they've got players there that, that can hurt you if you not, don't defend properly. But, um, you know, we defend well and, and nothing will change with us. And I think going forward, we're as dangerous as anybody. So if I was them, I'd be worried. Mate, the uh, the positive thing about the success that the club has had, uh, that's suddenly been reflected with Kai Rolls being called into the Socceroos squad. He goes into camp after Sunday's match. Uh, it's certainly an honour for him and uh, I guess uh, a reward for his efforts over the last, uh, you know, three months, four months. Yeah, Kai's fantastic. If anyone deserves to be in the Socceroos, it's him. You know, he's he's, uh, he's a breath of fresh air as a player and look, we all celebrate that together yesterday as, as a squad, you know, and Kai acknowledges that, you know, if the boys perform around him that, that everyone mm. benefits and more than deserved and, and when you pick an international team I think it should be on current form and, and for me Kai, there's no one better on current form than Kai so delighted that Graham Arnold's uh, put him in the squad and yeah, we can't wait to see him take his game to another level Yeah, and Butte's a fast fact, Kai rolls out of Steve Allen's junior club, Palm Mm. Beach, on the Gold Coast at the famous Malawa Drive Ovals. Uh, And Kai could see some game time on Thursday, January 7, at 8.10pm against Vietnam. And then the next match for the Socceroos, Wednesday, February February 2nd, 3am start against Oman. Yeah, and uh, I don't know whether you saw it last night, Monty. I can't imagine you would have spent too much time on it, but the Matildas last night, 18-0 drubbing <laughs> of Indonesia. Yeah, yeah, I saw the results. So, um, yeah, obviously, it wouldn't have been nice to be playing for India, but, um, yeah. yeah, 
The big thing. But you, you the, know what? You've got to play those matches. And yeah, imagine for those young girls playing against, uh, you know, one of the world superpowers, uh, the Matildas. Yes. Look, what I will say, the, the big thing that came out of that game last night, Sam Kerr scores five goals and becomes the greatest scorer for Australia. Going uh, past Timmy Cahill. Timmy Cahill in international um, uh, soccer, which yeah, is just phenomenal. Football. Well, there's a lot of talk about uh, the cricket and that we've got to go to the subcontinent. And we've got to p- play some of these countries that yep. rarely get a chance to play against the star-studded Aussies, uh, including like Bangladesh, for instance. Bangladesh, Afghanistan. Who Sri Lanka. Yes, 100%. No, it's important they get the games under their belt. Well, Monty, we've taken up enough of your precious time, but a real blockbuster tomorrow against the champions. They're on their way to town, Mm. Melbourne City. Good luck to the Mariners, and congratulations once again on reaching the final. We're going to play for some silverware in 2022 through to the FFA Cup Grand Final. Thanks, Nick, for your time. Cheers, guys. Have a good day. The great Nick Montgomery. Won't it be great if we can get a game like the FFA Final at Central Coast Stadium? It'd be absolutely phenomenal, and it would certainly, you know, the, the boys. I, I know we've had this little bit of a lull period due to uh, COVID and what have you, but the success they've had and the momentum they're creating, it will bring some serious people into this uh, into that stadium there, and we've got every right to get there and, and support these guys because they've done really well over the last under Nick Montgomery. They've done a fabulous job. Look, uh, and thanks to Monty as well because I know the Mariners have got Zoom interviews this morning and uh, we were going to catch Monty prior to the show, but uh, for some reason he's been bumped forward and uh, has spoken to us live. And what has been great is that he's made himself available basically every week. Anytime we've asked him to come on, he's done that. And, you know, that's uh, I guess it's a reflection of the fact that, you know, he understands the importance of community engagement. Yep. And letting the people know that people want to hear about our side, the Central Coast Mariners and what's going on. I've got Monty in, well, he's one of my all-time favourite Mariners because of the way he went about his business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's not forget what he did when he played in the UK. Yeah. So he, he plays Premier League, but he plays over 400 games for Sheffield United. He's the captain of the football club. And they spoke about it uh, on Tuesday night. He went close in the FA Cup in the UK. He made yeah. the semis on two occasions. I think that might have been last week when you were sending a text message. Well, <laughs> well, you know, the thing about it is he's got, he had that ruthless attitude as a player. Oh. And he's instilled that in his coaching philosophy. Uh, and he's been able to bring that into the Mariner squad at the moment. And, and you know what? You add a little bit of class to these young kids. The Urania, the, what's the other guy? Maresh. Maresh. You bring those guys in. And Kalolo. You know what? Cy Goddard. Suddenly you've got this side who have this belief. And you, go, you know what? We can take this on. It's not about, and it's not always about skill. What he has instilled is effort on effort on effort. Yeah. And we can talk about these internationals, but let's not forget the heart and soul of the football club at the moment, Ollie Bazanic yeah. in the midfield. We're off to a break. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Meadowland. Mention SEN in store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Shelley Beach Golf Course and a beautiful sunny Saturday. Lots of golfers out at the moment, but really looking forward to the Greg Chalmers Classic coming up for all the uh, juniors from right around New South Wales coming up a little bit later on this morning. So uh, they told me you'll see hundreds of junior golfers on the practice green uh, a little bit later on this morning, Butes. I'm not surprised. They'll be. I'm surprised they're actually not here at the moment. 
to be honest with you. Just having a little putz or whatever it is. What time's the kickoff? 11 yeah, o'clock? Yeah, around about 11. So Yeah, right. Maybe in the next hour or so they'll start, or I assume in the next half hour or so they'll start rolling in. How good does this course look? And how great is it to be back here at oh, the spiritual home? It's fantastic. It is a great spot to uh, do the show from. And, you know, we've seen plenty of players come through at the moment. And uh, I guess they've got to get their early rounds in because the uh, golf course is going to be very busy with juniors. Hey, Butes, I mentioned earlier, this is the best news of 2022. Mm. And our great mate joins us on the line. Uh, there's a new baby in the Clark family. And uh, what a great name, too. It's a name you'll never forget. Give Rock, it to us. Rocco Stormy. Tony Clark, good morning, mate. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, it deserves a standing yeah. O. Uh, your beautiful daughter, yeah. Bianca. How is mother and baby? Yeah, going great, going great. I didn't have much to do with it, and uh, they're uh, certainly very, <laughs> oh, thank very goodness. proud. Um, yeah, 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 certainly very proud. Uh, uh, grandparents and, of course, uh, uh, Josh, uh, our beautiful son-in-law. So, yeah, wonderful, wonderful week for the Clark family. And, uh, uh, yeah, they, I'll, I'll be honest, the name did take us by surprise, but... Um, you know, Rocco's Stormy Reed does have a ring to it, and um, it's, uh, we say he's a beautiful, beautiful boy. Yeah, I like it, mate. It's got a, uh, a certain ring to it, that Rocco Stormy. Um, and uh, you know what? It's one of those things where it sounds like a tough name anyway. It doesn't have to be tough, Clarky, like you. It doesn't have to be tough, <laughs> but just look like you're tough. Yeah, no, no. As, as you know, mate, I used to win them by 50 metres, so that was uh, yep. I'll be teaching Rocco that. So, yeah, 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 no, all good. Yeah, mate, how's the, how's the footy? Are you playing any games at the moment, any trial matches with the uh, young fellas? Yeah, we are, Michael. We had a great uh, great night at uh, Leichhardt Oval. A wonderful, wonderful place to play rugby league. Mm, uh, one of the heroes uh, is running the, the Balmain Juniors uh, in, in the great Paul Sirenen, the, the champion fellas. So it was great to catch up with Paul and uh, and just to be at Leichhardt because it's just such a true footy ground as we know. And uh, and two, the, there was a, a three-way trial with uh, the Central Coast Roo- in the Harold Matthews Central Coast Roosters uh, North Sydney Bears and the, and the Balmain uh, Tigers, which was a, a very hard sport. Uh, they played each other uh, over four uh, four quarters, and uh, it was uh, it was some 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 great talent, especially from the Central Coast Roosters on on show. And uh, and then we had um, we had a hit out, our final hit out before the competition starts against the Tigers, and uh, and yeah, I've come away pleasantly uh, pleasantly surprised. And, well, not surprised, but uh, we were very very competitive. Um, it was five tries to four, and. Uh, yeah, so it's all uh, all systems go for uh, February the fifth when the season kicks off, and um, we uh, go up against the mighty Newcastle Knights. Yeah, TC, when you started with North Sydney last year, I mean it was challenging. There's no doubt about that, and there were some big losses. So, what have you really focused on, and what areas of improvement have you seen in this preseason? Yeah, it was it, it, it was a big challenge, and, and when um, you know we discussed it with Paul Singer and, and, and of course Jason Taylor about taking the job on, you know you're under no illusions that it, it was going to be tough. I think the thing, Steve, is that um, as you know, I'm pretty passionate about um, you know providing opportunity for for kids and, and especially kids on the Central Coast, and uh, uh, with the with the work um, that the Roosters are doing, which is you know under under John Strange, which I've spoken about before. Um, you know, they can't take everyone. And, and the yep. thing, you know, the Bears, we could see real opportunity, um, you know, to, to, to offer an alternate pathway um, with no less coaching or no less uh, uh, infrastructure around them um, so, that, so that the Coast kids, you know, as I said, the Roosters can't take everyone. So, you know, we've got, uh, I think we've got nine, nine Central Coast kids uh, in, in the, well, they're not kids, they're young men, uh, in the under-19s and there's three in the under-17s. So, so that's something. If we can get that connection, because, I mean, the North, North, North Sydney Bears for, for, for 
10, 12 years, you know, we're the Central Coast Club, as you know, Michael. And uh, and if we can if we can reignite, you know, that connection, and, and the kids can see that it that it is a, 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 a you know a, a real link to pursuing their dreams, you know, that that's where we're at. So you know, there'll be some good things happen this year on the coast with the Bears involved. And, uh, yeah, you know, so, so far, so good. As I said, you know, like last night, I, I just I just love watching good footy. And the under-19 game, our game was just was just outstanding. I mean, Belmont are doing a great job um, in, 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 in their recruitment and, and their, uh, uh, you know, uh, development of rugby league in their area. And uh, it, it was the first half was just, was just quality footy. Without putting too much pressure on some young men, I mean, the NRL's got a habit of producing just unbelievable talent year after year. So many great rookies. Have you earmarked anyone? Did you see anyone from these trials that you think, this kid's destined for the top grade? And let's not forget, too, that if you look at most junior teams, there might only be two or three that actually reach the top level. Yeah, it is. It's been really interesting, Steve, because I haven't been involved in SG Ball for, for a while now, as you know, and uh, um, after having, you know, the, the five years with Wyong and... and like to see the Canberra kids we played last year, I've kept a real eye on it. And like there's um, uh, out of Canberra, Illawarra, Manly and the Roosters, there's over 12 of them now part of full-time rugby league in, in mm. the top the top squads, you know. So it, 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 it's really, uh, as we know, it always has been, but, it, but, it, but it's so important that you get that right. I read a very interesting article with Anthony Griffin today because Illawarra, he, he, he's like... Um, uh, developing their own, you know, that, that's what he's big on. And, and, and it's so important. You see the clubs, like the Roosters, uh, like Souths, you know, as, as we've spoken about how many local juniors they had in their, in, their, in their NRL teams last year. And, of course, you know, the Penrith Panthers. So, yeah, 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 it, it, it's so important. They're, they're, I, I, I saw, I think, and I won't, I won't say their names because I, I, I can't remember, we've played, we've played the Roosters, Manly and the Tigers now. Um, the Roosters uh, have a back rower that if he doesn't play New South Wales Cup this year, I'll give it away. And then Manly have two, uh, a front rower and a halfback that uh, are just heads and shoulders above everyone else. And, and I saw a winger last night, um, and Ciro said that he's a mark for big things. That yeah, he, um, he looked like a big fella from Parramatta. Um, what's his name, CBO or someone? And, uh, yeah, so, no, that's him, that's him, that's him, yes. And uh, yeah, we've, we've got a couple of kids that uh, Owen... Um, Clarity from uh, from the Erina Club uh, has come down. Owen's a fullback. Um, has, has just really grabbed hold of his opportunity and uh, and has really impressed JT at, at, at training. So I can see that he, you know, will probably get an opportunity in a higher grade. And um, and another local lad, uh, Marlon Guest. Um, the Guest family are uh, from the peninsula and they, they had a strong presence when I was playing. Uh, his uncles and, and, and uh, father, of course. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that those two will, um, uh, you know, are destined for higher honours. Yeah, TC, and when you talk about, you mentioned about Canberra, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of those boys roll out of the Farrah Agricultural College, and you've got to pay credit to some of the high school coaches. When I was at school at Palm Beach Corumban, Rod Patterson, uh, you know, he's a legend and has guided so many players through to the NRL. Woodlawn College comes to mind, and of course, Butte, you went through the Westfield uh, Sports High. Westfield Sports High, St. Gregory's College, Fairfield Pats. You can, you know, there's plenty of them. Holy uh, Cross. Holy Cross Ride, yep. There's plenty of schools in the past that have developed, and, you know, those school coaches have got plenty uh, to uh, be proud of in terms of what they've been able to deliver. Clark, I do want to touch on uh, Danica Clark, Clark scholarships, uh, yes. which are nearly closing, uh, but people need to get those uh, in sooner rather than later. We've got Maddie Graham performing in, or you know, 
um, at the Olympics in a Racing couple of weeks' time. Yes, and of course the Danica Clark Race Day, which is on the uh, February 19th, I believe. And sales are going very, very well. Yeah, they are. As, as we said, Michael, we urge all, uh, all young athletes get your application. You can get on Danica's website. And, uh, and and fill the form out, and, uh, and 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 we'll help where we can. And of course, yeah, uh, uh, February Saturday, February the nineteenth, uh, at the Entertainment Grounds, Gosford Race Club, is our uh, our major fundraiser. Um, you know, for the past couple of years, so we're certainly looking for support there, and we can guarantee a, a wonderful day at, uh, at Gosford Races on the Saturday. So, uh, hey, jump and a reason to celebrate, Clarky. A reason to celebrate. Yes, exactly. 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 Hey. TC, I've got one more question. I'm just on the Central Coast Rugby League website, and I certainly don't want to throw you under the bus, but uh, I can't see anything on the Central Coast Rugby League website about 2022, about their competition. And let's be mindful, we've come through a COVID period where there's, I dare say, there's skeleton staff at the moment at Central Coast Rugby League. But are you hearing anything about the 2022 competition? And I guess there must be a lot of optimism that we can get back to some kind of normality. Oh, I think so, Michael. I think, uh, Michael, uh, Steve, I think that's what we have. You know, again, we spoke about it last night about how important community sport is. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, to to the to the the, the the community, and that's something that we can't have a, a cancelled season again. Um, I mean, there was talk of you know the, the junior league, you know, being in trouble. But yeah, no, I, I've got to be honest. I, I haven't uh, because my focus has been on the Bears. I know that um, uh, the competition, Erin, uh, have re- recruited very strongly. Um, Terrigal flying under the radar. Uh, I know Dave Lyons is, is very confident of a, a successful season, so hopefully, um, you know, that we'll, uh, we'll we'll certainly have a competitive um, and even competition on the on the coast for 22. Hey, great to have you on the show, mate. Congratulations yeah, again to right beautiful up, Bianca. Uh, what great news that is to start 2022 for your extended family. Thanks, mate. We'll catch up soon. Tony Clark. Good on you, boys. Thanks for having me. This is Saturdays on the Coast. We're back in a moment. We'll talk about uh, another uh, an award ceremony coming up soon for Sports Central Coast. Mm. So they've been pushed back to March. Applications are open now, but we'll find out more in a moment with the chairman of Sports Central Coast, Simon Smythe. A little later in the show, Nerida Stewart will join us, uh, New South Wales Swifts legend, who's an elite-level coach as well. After 10, wow, Six-time world champion, eight-time U.S. Open champion, eight-time Japan Open champion, uh, I think six-time British Open champion, the pride of Bunchy Boy, David wow. Hall, wheelchair tennis legend, oh, joining us after we, 10. Have we got that statue organised yet or not? Yeah, well, you know, I, I moved to motion two decades ago. Yeah. That Bunchy Boy should be the home of the David Hall statue. It's, it's in the works, I'm sure. Well, we'll keep lobbying council because it's something that needs to happen. The other right. statue is the one that, when you drive down Carryong Hill, we want the Matty Orford statue. Ah, yep. And then in Womberall. That won't be that big, though. So somewhere in Womberall, we need the big Dave Fairley oh, statue. That'd be massive. <laughs> or actually, maybe in Arimba, because that was his junior club. So as you come into Arimba, and it would just be a head. Yep. Don't worry about <laughs> That's the That's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> the, Dave Haley, the Dave Fairley head as you come into Arimba. Yep. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howe's Meadowland. Mention SEN in-store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, we're back live at Shelley Beach Golf Course overlooking the 18th. We've got a short little putt here. What, what do you reckon here, Butte's about one metre? I can't miss it. Or, or as they it. say in America, that's a three foot. Three foot. Three footer. Nice working. 
Left-hander too, and he's drained that. So beautiful stuff here. And a little bit later on today, the Greg Chalmers Junior Tournament. So we'll have hundreds of kids here. Uh, we're about to go to Simon Smythe, but we should say hello to one of our special guests, Nerida Stewart. Mm. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to see you. It's, it's nice having a third wheel, Nerida, I've got to say, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but it's always nice to have someone in to talk to and see him face-to-face. Yeah, and a shout-out to our usual third wheel, Jess Grimwood, who, yes. uh, you know, Jess was a revelation in 2021. Apparently uh, she's brushed us now. Well, she's busy. She's, yeah, she's busy, yeah, yeah. She's a tradie lady. Yep. She's also been doing the AIS course, like in future development for women. Has she gone on the bigger and better things? Because that's generally what happens. We yeah. get stuck here. You could go on to a media career like no other, and we just get stuck here doing what we're doing. You'll always be my face. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Hey, let's go to Simon Smythe, who's uh, waiting on the line. Uh, Simon, good morning, mate. And the Sports Central Coast Awards coming up in March, but applications are open now uh, to enter maybe a team, maybe an individual. Uh, it could be an official, which I really love. So we acknowledge some of our young officials that are coming through, uh, athletes with a disability. Tell us more. Yeah, good morning, guys, and uh, Happy New Year to you all and, and all the listeners. Wonderful to be back on the show, so thanks so much for having me. And, and Steve, as you said, mate, the Sports Central Coast Awards, March 24 at Gosford RSL, who are wonderful sponsors of Sports Central Coast. We've got 11 awards this year, and, and I will go through them. You have touched on, on a couple of them, Steve, but Sports Person of the Year, which is always keenly fought out. You know, previous winners such as Matt Graham and Nicola McDermott um, and, and Nicola, she's going to be so hard to beat after bringing home that silver medal um, in the Olympics. So Sports Person of the Year is our big one, the Standing O Trophy, Steve, your favourite one. Um, we've also got... And, that, and, that, and it's a beauty. It's one of the best trophies I've seen. We've got Volunteer of the Year. Obviously, our volunteers are so critically important, especially through the COVID times. Um, we've got Masters Sports Person of the Year. We've got Team of the Year. We've got Club or Association of the Year. We've got Event or Initiative of the Year. We've also got Sports Person with a Disability, Young Coach or Official of the Year, Coach of the Year, Youth Sports Person of the Year. And a new one, guys, we've got Community Sports Person of the Year. So what the Sports Central Coast Board found was that our Sports Person of the Year was always going to be one of those international athletes. You know, your Matt Grahams, your Nicola McDermott's, are so yep. tough to beat in that one if you're just running around playing, you know, local netball, local golf, local local soccer, local cricket here on the Central Coast. So our Community Sports Person of the Year is for that person who achieves great things here on the Central Coast for their local club or local association. Um, and we want to reward um, those grassroots participants. So that's a new award, a new initiative. Um, and we're, we're expecting many, many, many nominations for that award. Yeah, that was actually hilarious last year. So you had Nicola McDermott, who stands at, you know, 1 metre 90 and uh, has won, you know, Diamond League events in Europe. Alongside her was Matt Graham's dad, Steve. Mm-hmm. So Matty was world number one. Then you had the guy from the Terrigal Trojans. And, uh, you know, it was hilarious because he goes, I just feel like an imposter yep. standing here alongside these guys. Matt Dawson was also one of the finalists. So, yeah, he's exactly right. I think Riley Fitzsimmons... Uh, who's a two-time Olympian, was also uh, in that category. So how does someone from Kalani Vale Bombers yep. or, you know, from the Central Coast Heart compete at that against someone that's on the world stage? Yeah, and it's a fair point. And Simon, I, I noticed there was no Central Coast Sports Commentator of the Year award. <laughs> Why is that, mate? Or is it just a fait complete? We know who it's going to. 
not exactly, but it's exactly what I'm going to say. You know, radio show of the year, sports yeah. commentator of the year. Yeah. There, there's no uh, look, mate, I've got too many. I've got too many awards. I've got too many awards already, mate. I don't need it. That's okay. Hey, don't forget, uh, you know, Rick Julian, of course, is out there. And uh, uh, the boys at 96.3, they're called the football. They've done a fabulous job for a couple of decades. Trent Dickinson and the team. Yeah, they've done a great job. Hey, uh, Smythe, what I did notice last year, which I thought was outstanding, was the amount of or the broad range of sports that uh, were recipients of awards last year. In fact, I don't think there was a, a double up in any sport whatsoever. Uh, of awards, which is it gives a, a great indication of how broad and how uh, far-reaching uh, the level of sport here is on the coast. Oh, spot on, Buse, and that's what Sports Central Coast wants to do. We're not just about you know your mainstream sports; we're about all sport and active recreation here on the coast. And we've already had, um, uh, I guess, questions from Central Coast Archery in relation to the sports awards and how they can nominate and what categories they might fit under. So you know, all of these awards. I mean. You know, last year we had the, the North Lakes Pirates, the under-11s there for Team of the Year. It was just such great diversity. And as you said, not a double up with sports. Plenty of representation through lots of sports. Um, and every day I'm learning about new um, new sports and new clubs we've got here on the Central Coast. I mean, a couple of years ago, Steve, you and I didn't know a lot about dragon boating. I certainly didn't. And, and, and working on the Sports Central Coast board and learning about all the wonderful opportunities men, women, boys and girls here on the Central Coast have to play sport and active recreation. There are so many wonderful providers. And, and once again, on the Sport Central Coast website, which is sport, uh, centra- sportcentralcoast.org.au, under the Sports Hub there, you can log on and find any provider in any suburb on the Central Coast if you're interested in playing sport or active recreation. Hey, speak for yourself. Steve-O was in a dragon boat circa 1987 on oh, Tweed River. <laughs> he loves going back in time. And in fact, I'm surprised I'm surprised we haven't heard yet about your soccer performance back in the day, comparing yeah. yourself to Kai Riles. Yeah, Ky- no, Steve-O was, more, Steve-O was more like primetime AFL. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, we hang time. Yeah, hang time Allen. Hang time Allen, that's it. Uh, the nickname was Rocket because I'd idea. launch into the stratosphere. I think there's another award uh, that needs to be brought up, and that is... Talk Yourself Up Award? <laughs> yes, award. <laughs> Hands down, we've got a winner here, Simon. Uh, mate, what I'd, you know what I loved last year also? Uh, the Coach of the Year, and, and her name eludes me at the moment, but she was the cheerleading coach, um, and she was so humble about and blown away with the fact that she uh, not only was nominated, but also took out the award. That, for me, is what uh, Central Coast Sports is all about, and recognising those people who, you know, ordinarily... Would not, wouldn't get the recognition they deserve. But and, um, and Simon can tell you, the highlight of last year, of course, was the Masters yeah, Athlete yeah, of, of the Year. And this was the lady. This was the lady who beat the Wimbledon champion. champion. Yes, of course. Creamed her. Uh, Simon, tell us more about that. Yeah, Mary Gordon is her name, Steve. I will never forget that name for as long as I live because it was the holler. And, and Steve, you are a wonderful MC. It's not often that you're outstaged. And Mary just didn't she step it up and surprise us all, mate. And, you know, she we, we asked her, you know, what was her, um, you know, biggest achievement in tennis and, and who was someone that she beat. And she raffled off, you know, in the 1960s when she knocked over the Wimbledon champion 6-2, So um, that just set the crowd alight. Everyone was just absolutely in stitches. And um, and I know you were too, Steve, up on stage. So a wonderful moment. And, and Butes, yes, that um, cheerleader coach of the year, she was phenomenal. And the passion that she puts into 
her her kids. Um, that, that's they're the people we want to recognise because they're doing it day in day out here on the Central Coast, and we want to reward and recognise those people for the great work they do in our community. Yeah, give us the. Uh, well, I just saw a three part. I should whisper this. Uh, you know, that's really tough on the 18th. Uh, he was pretty close and. He walks off disappointed. That's the game, isn't it? That is Frustration golf. here at Shelley Beach. Hey, uh, give us the key dates again. So when do applications close and when is the big night at Gosford RSL? Absolutely, Steve. So applications close on Sunday, February 20. And how you can apply, it's on the Sport Central Coast website. So once again, sportcentralcoast.org.au. If you click on the What's On tab and Sports Awards 2021, the award uh, nomination period is from the 2021 calendar year. So from January to December 2021, please go on there and fill in the application form. Pass it on. We've sent it out to all of our clubs and associations here on the Central Coast. So please jump in onto the Sports Central Coast website and apply. Um, and the key date, the big night, the night of nights for sport here on the Central Coast, March 24 at the beautiful Gosford RSL, Steve. Yeah, beautiful job, mate. Uh, next time we get you on, we'll talk some uh, AFLW, which mm-hmm. uh, we're all loving in 2022. But uh, Simon Smythe, Chair of Sports Central Coast, thanks for your time. Always great to talk to you guys. Have a great Saturday. Simon Smythe joining us. A quick break here. We're back with the great Nerida Stewart in a few moments' time. The Nepal Diamonds, winners in the Quad Series. A fantastic win, too, against the England, uh, England side. And... I mean, they had a draw in the penultimate game. We'll talk more about that in a few moments' time. And then the Aussies too good in the final, despite trailing at every single break. We'll talk more about that in a few moments. Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Meadowland. Mention SEN in store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Welcome back live to Shelley Beach Golf Course, and we just met Jack from Jack Newton Golf, and uh, we're going to find out more about the Greg Chalmers Junior, which is coming up a little bit later on this morning. 120 junior golfers mm. from right around the state. But right now, let's go straight to Nerida Stewart. Uh, firstly, it's just lovely to see you, and what was your analysis of the quad series, I think you're going to tee off here, literally. <laughs> I think um, it's just great to have international netball back after the last couple of years. I mean, we had that Constellation Cup period, so the quad series was exciting for everyone on an international space. So for me to be able to sit down and watch some of those games was great. Yeah, the first game, I've got to say, what has happened to the Silver Ferns? So we just cream them. Like, normally these are epic battles. In fact, some of the greatest Mm. games I've ever seen, I think there was one in the early 90s, Uh, you know... Was it Vicky Wilson was playing shooter and just incredible. And I think we won by one goal against the Silver Ferns, but we, we beat them in the opening game 53-39. Yeah, look, it was, for me, it was a bit of a struggle to watch on the Silver Ferns side of things because it's just so disappointing to see a team that has such a rep, um, to me, looking way behind the par. For an international game. And where do you think... Where has it gone wrong from? Is it just... Oh, look, the... I think it's rebuild for them. Yeah, right, they've okay. lost their whole attacking end. Yep. So for them now, they've got to go back to their young girls, start to rebuild. I mean, who else would you want to do that other than Nolene as a coach? I mean, she's phenomenal. She's done amazing things here in our SSN competition. So... I'd actually love to see what's going to happen at Com Games because I think that team's going to be completely different. Hey, I just saw... Uh, I just did a quick Google on Vicky Wilson. She's now the coach of Fiji. 
She was, and she's actually now assistant coach up in um, Queensland. Yeah. To, to oh, Kylie go. Burns. Yeah, what an outstanding player. You would have played against yeah, her? Yeah, yeah. Vicky was awesome. She was someone that you really looked up to when you were playing and um, a real stalwart of the game. Our second game was against South Africa and we defeated them 60-40. What did you take out of that game? I think um, Stacey used that opportunity to rest a few players and you're also looking at South Africa as being a team that's gone to that competition without three of their major players. So Pretorius isn't there, Potguide is not there. So whether that's due to travel restrictions... Oh, actually, Pretorius is pregnant. So there you mm. go. There you go, that'll do it. <laughs> so look, for her, that's a big loss to them. Yeah, and Massive. now England, I mean, they're the team that are really taking it up to the Australians. Uh, I know you've got strong thoughts on this, but first can I just say, when I heard the news that Gretel Buetta was the player of the series, I'm thinking, who the hell is that? It's, it's Gretel Tippett. Tippett yeah. yeah, and uh, wow, what a fabulous athlete. I think she started her career with the New South Wales Swifts, then went up to Queensland Firebirds. And, you know, she's the sister of Kurt Tippett that played with the mm. Sydney Swans. Oh, okay, I didn't and know that. And she, uh, in a lot of ways, I think she's reinvented the wheel. She's got that kind of basketball, fully athletic style. Oh, look, we, we always used to giggle when Gretel first came on the scene because she does this layup to shoot and that isn't just not something that netballers traditionally did but she's really good at it so her aerial skills are phenomenal um so for me to see her post bobby baby i mean he's only what six months or something yeah to go in and play an international quad series brilliant yeah her number's 41 from 42 and uh steph wood we love steph she also played with the new south wales swifts uh now with the sunshine coast with the lightning is that correct yes yeah uh 17 from 18 for steph wood uh, you know, she's a player that has really surprised me over the years and just she's gone from strength to strength. You knew that she was good, but now she's great. She's she's one of those generals out on court. She When she's out there, she runs the attack end. She's the one that structures everything. So it's um, lovely to watch her out there to play. I'm a big fan of hers. Now I don't want to get away from the, the Aussie side and focus on you coaching the men's. Yep. And in particular, and, you know, it's not a sport that is, well, it's a, a great sport, netball, but not... Uh, necessarily, it's coming to the forefront. That's not necessarily <laughs> re- reflected in men playing netball, but clearly now we're creating pathways and uh, programs now where we, there's every chance in an, in the next couple of years we'll see an elite men's competition. Yeah, look, I think post-Olympics, everyone recognised that uh, across the female side of the sport that we wanted to be at the Olympics. Netball should be at the Olympics. There was this big <laughs> argument. So what we need to do is we need to produce and develop a high-performance high space in the men's side. Um, Netball Australia have gone on to uh, publicly state that they want to develop a partnership and relationship with men's men's netball because they Mm -hmm. recognise that space. Um, So I think we're going to see more and more of it. The SSN teams are starting to incorporate some training partners into their space so that the girls are actually playing against them. We've got some New South Wales players that that regularly go to training sessions. Mm. So it's great. Hey, can you stay with us? Uh, After the break, we want to ask you a few more questions, including your thoughts on where the Central Coast is at. We've had some... Fabulous players, including Lauren Moore, who's won a championship in recent years. This year's Saturdays on the Coast. Hope you're enjoying the show on this Saturday morning. Big second hour as well with David Hall. Six-time world champion will cover the tennis for us. Naomi Osaka. She's out, mate. Went out last night against Anisimova, the young American. Mm. Uh, This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEM. We're back soon after the news. BJ Howe's Meadowland. Mention SEN in store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track. 
Yeah, welcome back. We're live from Shelley Beach on this Saturday. The text line 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. Open line 1300 42 15 33. From the text line, in fact, on the Facebook page, mm. uh, the world's best voiceover guy. Bob Peters. Oh, Bobby. Yeah, sent us a message saying, boys, have a great show. Uh, My mum live from the Gold Coast. Now, she says, now, this is fairly topical at the moment. Good morning, mum. Love you very much. And she says her favourite player was on court last night, Rafael Nadal, Mm. winner in four sets, 6-1 in the fourth. So he dropped the set against the Russian. But mum says they're not booing. And you've just read about this in the Daily Telegraph. It's not a boo that they're doing in Melbourne. It's this call for Cristiano Ronaldo. But uh, either way... I didn't realise Cristiano Ronaldo was a tennis player. Well, he's not. He's a soccer (laughs) player. So don't bring that crap to the tennis. Well, As simple as that. Because it sounds like a boo. It sounds disrespectful to all the players out there. You know what? You can cheer. You can chant all you want. But... Surely there's a majority uh, of spectators there that don't know anything about that. Yeah, yeah. after the uh, after the Medvedev Curios game the other night, I thought the interview with Jim Courier with Medvedev was an absolute train wreck. And uh, Medvedev mentioned about people booing or suing hmm. uh, between his first and second serve. Now, for me, I don't mind a bit of a, a you know, rowdy crowd. We see that all the time in the sports that we love. But you know, I don't think it's a great look at the tennis. You know. I don't think they get some riffraff in there. Hey, listen, you know what? We've made ourselves look bad enough with what happened with Djokovic. Okay, so we don't need to be making it look worse with what's happening in our crowds. Okay, I understand you can have a good time there and all those things, but seriously, these players are the best in the world, and this this was known as the Happy Open. But but tennis has this like personality of itself, isn't it? Yes. That's not its personality. Nerida, I'd like to hear you say what you were saying off the air to us about. Once you reach an elite level of any sport, or once you're on that pathway to the top, suddenly you are a brand within yourself and you've got a responsibility to that sport. You do. And and social media these days is just, like, ridiculous. So everything that you do gets posted. Everything that you do gets commented on. You, you know, you're trying to attract sponsors to your sport. Hmm. You're trying to attract, attract other people to become partners with your sport. So from the moment that you enter that space... You are a brand and a product, and you have to act like that. And whether you want to accept it or not, it's irrelevant. If you are playing that sport, then you become a role model. You become a brand, okay? And you don't have a choice in that, unfortunately, these days. Because of the simple fact that you want to earn those dollars, there comes responsibility with that. And that is, you know, portraying the right... You know, I look at the likes of a Ash Barty. Unbelievable. Like, so humble. She's the world number one. But she's also the world number one in terms of the way she... Uh, you know the way she expresses herself, the way she actually gives to the game, gives to the community, uh, and just her profile is, you know, it's faultless. It, it's why in 2021 it was the year of the girls. They just yeah. smashed it last year in every single sport that you want to look at, from the Olympic Games to you know the Matildas with Sam Kerr. Uh, every young woman was just smashing down some kind of glass ceiling. I think that's been smashed down, but last year especially. Hey, uh, give us your thoughts, you two. Nerida Stewart, former Swifts legend and elite-level coach, and Michael Butner. Give us your thoughts on Kyrgios. You first, Nerida. Oh, look, I think he's someone that's come through at a very young age. Um, I question what is his staff and his support network doing behind the scenes to make sure that that brand, that product, is has longevity 
has people that want to... Like for me, if I had a son that was interested in tennis and I saw that, that's probably not the role model that mm. I'd want to push through. The young 18-year-old that just won in Adelaide, he's someone I'd probably yeah. go to. But yeah, look, uh, to me, tennis, like I said before, it has its own personality. In the history books you were talking about before, like McEnroe and stuff, we've had that. Yeah. But language... Yeah. He's a big one. Yeah, he's yeah. so talented. He, Correct, he is talented. You know what, you, you want to know my thoughts on Curious? Uh, he lost me years ago, right? And at various stages, he starts to get me back. Then I just go, oh, I can't be bothered. And you know what happens? His team, you know what they do? They enable his behavior. Yeah. They allow him to get away with that crap because no one's strong enough, no one's big enough to go, mate, you know what, you need to pull your head in. They're going to have right? a hard conversation with him. Correct, yeah. and no one's prepared to do that because, you know what, they're all earning a, uh, you know, some coin off him. For that very reason. And you know what? His brand could be so much better. His game can be so much better. He could, the amount of talent that guy has got, right? He could be the world number one. I have no doubt about that, right? Just based on his ability. But up here, mentally, he just doesn't have it. And because said- no one's around him giving him that guidance. No one's pulling his head in and saying, mate, you know what? How about you knuckle down for a whole season and see what happens? Because I'll tell you what, he will skyrocket. You said the other night you were kind of loving watching him play and then suddenly he abuses someone in the crowd. He abuses the crowd and then suddenly... Now you think back to your NRL days. Like, what must come from the NRL crowd would be unbelievable. But you've got to block that out, right? Of course you do. That's what you do as a professional sportsman. You, you, You can't take... You can't be distracted by what people in the crowd are saying or doing. You've got to be strong enough. You know what, Medvedev... Um, did not flinch at any stage throughout that match, right? He was cool, calm, collected. I'm sure internally he had stuff going through and was ready to explode, even where uh, Curious come up and took the towel from uh, Medvedev's seat, right? <laughs> but is that, is that, that, we were talking about mind games. Mind games, it's yeah. a, for me, it's a sign of disrespect, Yeah. right? And I just go, but you know what? He didn't flinch. He just went about his business, kept focused, and that's why he's in the next round. <laughs> And Kyrgios is out of the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, it, right? was a, it was a great game. Yeah, well, I, I no lo- doubt about it. I love that match. And uh, I've got to say, though, I think the only time that you can react, and we've seen it in the last few years, is if you're racially vilified. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where you draw the line in the sand. We, we saw Adam Goods do it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know... There's much- a particular way to do it, though, isn't there? Yeah, most definitely. That's how you handle the situation. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, just throw back to the studio momentarily. Adam, have we got David Hall with us? Yes, all good. Ready to go, boys. Uh, uh, great to hear, Adam, uh, in 2022. Adam Staples steering the ship for us back at HQ. And uh, Rise is one, Buttes. Oh, this is standing ovation time for a six-time wow. world champion, Paralympic gold medalist in Sydney. He's one of our heroes, the pride of no, Budgie Woy, David Hall, wheelchair tennis legend. Good morning, mate. Welcome back to the show. Hey, hey guys. Good morning. It's great to be with you. I love that. The pride of Budgie Woy. Yeah, I'm still lobbying council, even though we've got no councillors. I'm still lobbying for a statue of you up in Budgie Woy. Hey, I'm not sure if you heard the conversation, but what have been some of your highlights from this opening week? And we've seen some mind-blowing tennis. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's been a, a crazy tournament. Like, you know, even from a few weeks before it began, like with the whole Djokovic saga, but... I mean, all the guys uh, that have been playing, you know, the first week, the Aussie guys, I think, have done well. I mean, you look at a guy like Chris O'Connell, who's ranked, what, 175 Mm. in the world, 27 years old. He's pretty much twirled away on the Challenger Tour for years. He's been injured a lot. They give him a wild card. He wins his first match, comes up against Schwartzman, 
the 13th seed. He beats him in straight. Now he's into the third round of a slam. Uh, he's guaranteed 200 grand. And he's got a great draw. He plays Maxine Creasy next from, from the US. And, and he's a, a real battler that's got a chance to go further. I mean, he's, he's an incredible story. I heard you guys talking about Djokovic. Um, and then Kyrgios, and, you know, that's been a, a drama with Kyrgios with all the comments that he made before the tournament began, and then with the match that he played against Medvedev. That's the crazy thing about Kyrgios. He's got so much talent, this guy. And I think at the end of the day, when he looks back on his career, I think he's just going to mm-hmm. have a regret or two that he doesn't have a Grand Slam trophy in his cabinet. I, I, you know, what, unfortunately, you know what, unfortunately, I don't think he will. Because you know what he'll be doing? He'll be too busy counting his money and not give a rats about uh, what's going on. Let's not forget, he's still in the doubles with Kokonakos. Yes, special and, case. And, and you know what? That looked great last night. Look, I think he's trying to repair his image. I know my son, Corey, absolutely loves Kyrgios. And, uh, you know, he said to me through uh, last night, he said, why are they trying to hammer Kyrgios? He's been the most entertaining and engaging player in this tournament in the first week. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on that, David, but also Sammy Stozer bows out uh, after oh, a... Yeah. I have my fingers crossed for her. <laughs> uh, is she a two-time slam winner? And, uh, you know, what a great career. And she's flowing the flag. And I, I think she's the forerunner to what Ash Barty's been able to achieve. And again, hmm. we speak about quality characters. Look at Sammy Stozer. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, she's had a, a great career and she's one of those players that, that realised that she had to take a fitness to another level. Uh, she got stronger and she's she's had that massive kick serve that, that really gave uh, Serena trouble in that US Open final. And, and she's just a classy player. You know, she goes out there, does a job, does the best, runs for everything and then... You know, she's always uh, interesting in the press conferences and it'll be sad to see it go. You know, she struggled with injury uh, throughout the years, but I think, you know, winning slams, uh, getting to the top of the rankings, uh, I think she'll be a candidate for the Hall of Fame. I think she'll be she'll be on the cards to, to go into Newport, but yeah, one of our, one of our best uh, tennis players the last couple of decades. No doubt about it. You know, her performances have been amazing over the 20 years that she's been playing. And at 37, she's still got the best guns of any female playing tennis. That's all I know. Absolutely You're phenomenal. watching the tennis, oh, mate, you? Her, her guns are bigger than mine. She is phenomenal. Well, well speaking of uh, watching the tennis, what about Camilla Giorgi, the Italian that played Barty last night? I mean, we're talking, she is Italian, so we're talking catwalks in Milan. <laughs> looks it a, to the tennis, fellas. Looks uh, a little like Sharapova. I want to, I want to touch on Dave. Uh, the, the running chair. <laughs> Sake and the females, she's out. Um, and Ash Barty now takes on the uh, the American. Uh, what is it? Anissa Merlin. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, yeah, look, everyone thought it was going to be Barty and Osaka uh, mm. in the fourth round. I think that was mm. the, the match that Australia was looking to that maybe, you know, Barty could, could have a real struggle. But I've got to say, Anissa Mova is just, I mean, she played incredible. Saved a couple of match points. Uh, she's going to be a tough out for Barty. She's got raw power, 20 years old, nothing to lose. Uh, she's got Darren Cahill helping her out uh, yes. these, these two weeks. So, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a tough match for Barty. But look, Barty's in incredible form. Like she, you know, winning Adelaide, uh, 
vying to be the first Australian woman to win the singles. Get this guy since Chris O'Neill back in 1978. <laughs> like that's that's a lot of history right there. So yeah, it's going to be a big match for, for both mm. players. Hey, we've got uh, New South Wales Swifts legend and high-level coach Nerida Stewart, who's joined us live this morning, David, and she would love to ask the next question. <laughs> As she sweat bu- <laughs> she's sweating bullets. <laughs> they are throwing me under the bus. I, I want to just go back to, um, we talk about product and brand. We look at someone like Ash Barty, and forgive me, I cannot remember the young bloke's name that just won the Adelaide tournament. I think he's 18 or... or Kokonakis. Kokonakis, that's Kokonakis, it. Yeah. And I look at their demeanour and their brand. Is that something that Tennis Australia addresses or is it something that their own staff addresses to create the product that they want to put out there for the public? And if so, is what's the difference between that and, and um, the ones that we don't favour too well? <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I think it's, it's a bag of snakes. You know, you just never know, like, what you're going to get when you open it up. And I think that's... Look, I think Tennis Australia has a lot of development in the early days, but then when they go off, they get their own team. Like, they might have some PR people around them, but I think at some point, uh, when you look at guys like, you know, Bernie and Nick, that they've made a lot of money. Uh, they've grinded it out on the tour for a few years, and I think maybe the the motivation is a bit low, and they just kind of, you know, their personalities come out, and whether you agree or disagree with it, with whatever they say or do. But you've got to realise, too, these guys are playing in an era of, like, unparalleled greatness, like with yep. Roger and Rafa and Novak. And and I think they just get to a point where, man, it's maybe a bit like Philippusis, where they enjoy the party life and it's uh, the tennis kind of becomes <laughs> secondary. But, but you know what? In the end, it's, it's exactly what you guys were saying before. You've got to take personal responsibility for yep. your actions. And I think yep. that's the... That's the tricky part, and that's where the public, you know, they get the public offside a little, which is uh, which is tricky. Hey, David, uh, can you stay with us for just one or two more questions on this beautiful Saturday morning? Oh yeah, sure thing. And you know, David Hall, not yeah. only not only is he a Paralympic champion in two thousand, six years at number one in the world, he also drives a Mustang. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah, little known fact there. A bit yeah. of uh, Bruce McAvaney work there from you me. Go. Well, oh, look Bruce. at you. It's all about the guns and the cars. Hey, and can I just say this too, that uh, the world's best cameraman is uh, is in Melbourne, Terry Chigwidden. Oh. All the beautiful pictures and congratulations to all the cameramen down there and camera women. Uh, Terry Chigwidden is on... Margaret Court Arena. So the beautiful pictures you see there in high definition on he, Channel 9. Has he done that a few years? Uh, yeah, and it's similar to his Olympic Games career where yeah, he's, gotcha. he's been to five or six Olympics. He's been going to... Uh, yeah, he's been going to the Australian Open tennis, and also the, he did the golf for a long time as well. So, uh, shout out to our great mate Terry Chigwidden, who's putting some great photos as well on social media from Melbourne. Mm. Quick break here. We're back in a moment. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. BJ Howes Meadowland. Mention SEN in store to receive twenty percent off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan twenty eighth. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back, and thank you to our sponsors, of course, Robson Civil Projects and BJ Howes and Buttes. We put up the photo through the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the oh. Mac, the Mac Trady work boots? I know you were the male model, and yeah. don't forget the twenty percent off. I'm not sure it would have done a hell of a lot for sales, to be honest with you. My legs weren't looking that great. I don't look anything like a tradie at all, and I don't 
pretend to be a tradie at all because I've got no skills. Yeah, but that's what male model is about. Oh, that's true. You, that's a fair you've point. You've just got to sell it. Mm, yeah. Well, maybe that's... Yeah. Mac, I, I didn't do a good job of it. Just Mac tradie work boots. <laughs> uh, I tell you, we love being at BJ Howes, of course, last, ah, last fantastic. weekend. Fantastic. I love the boys there at BJ Howes, Middle And, you know, just a legendary Central Coast business along with Robson Simmel mm. Projects. We're so privileged to have both of those businesses on board. Hey, as we go back to David Hall, I just want to give you this analogy. I was watching the tennis last night and I thought, you know, this is so close to boxing where, and I'll tell you why. So you're out there by yourself in the ring. You know, at times you take everything that your opponent can dish up, but then you've got to drag yourself off the canvas and find something else, which, you know, I saw in the match between Osaka and Anisimova, the young 20-year-old American. And she survived two match points, but then had to dive deep and find something and get over the line and then calm herself and steady herself uh, on those big moments because there's been times gone by, I think it was Jana Novotna, who was so nervous in those big moments at Wimbledon, she couldn't even toss the ball up. I mean, it's that difficult and you're out there isolated. David, give us your thoughts. I just felt at times last night, it's, it's like a heavyweight boxing clash. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's exactly it, Steve. And I think... You know, it's interesting. I always think back to when Pat Rafter was playing a Davis Cup match at White City. He was playing the French. I think he was playing Cedric Peeling. And he went down two sets. He was down two sets to love. And he goes to the change of ends. And Nuke is sitting there at the change of ends, the team captain. And Nuke says to him, don't worry, this will be a war of attrition. And it was quite funny at the time because I think Rafter didn't know what attrition meant. And it was just, <laughs> it was just uh, but he pulled it out in five sets, and I yeah. think that's what happens in a lot of these matches. Like you're down, then you're up, and then you're down, and then I think it's just a matter of the last person standing. If you can hang around long enough, like get these matches to mm. the third set, get these matches to the fifth set, then you have a chance to pull it out. And I think that's exactly what you saw last night. Yeah, Buttes, doesn't it reveal character? Yeah, give me a tennis racket over a set of boxing gloves any day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's all I know. Um, but nevertheless, you're right. It, it, and this is what makes the difference. And I think we see it time and time again with these, you know, the top 10 players in the world, that in those big moments, they are just that little bit more composed and they know when to bring out the big points. And, yeah. and that's why they, you know, they win 6-4. That's why they win 7-5. Yeah, that's, that's why they win the tiebreak 7-6. That's why I thought Osaka would get over the line mm. last night. I called it. I said, I just think that big match exposure will get her over the line here. But then the young American just found something, uh, found that composure in the big moments. Yeah, it was outstanding. So, Holly, I want to touch on the uh, the doubles. Um, Australia's had a, a great history of uh, great doubles uh, teams. The, Woodby, uh, the Woodies, uh, the Mackers. McNamara, McNamara. 82 Wimbledon. And champions, straight sets. They, yeah. they played against McEnroe, don't forget. Of course, the other Macca. And that, mate, now we're at, now we've got the special case, Kokonakis <laughs> and Kyrgios, who knocked out the uh, the number one in the world, I think the Croatians. Yeah, I think that's the crazy thing. And you never know when two players team up, you never know the strength that each other brings to the court and how that's going to blend with the other player. And especially like in these situations when you're playing at home, and you get that hometown crowd behind you, and something just clicks. And I think you've seen that, like you guys mentioned, all the doubles teams of the past, something clicked along the way. And I think it was the same for 
Woodbridge and Woodford. I think those guys had other partners and they probably weren't doing that well. They get together and they go on this incredible slam run. Mm. But I think that's what it's like with, with the double Ks. You know, they, they click each other's strengths, complements the other one, and then they, they knock out the top seed, which is just uh, great to see. And they bring the crowds. That, that's pretty good too. Um, do you think that some of these players are more attuned to like that team environment rather than that individual? Yeah. I'm out there by myself. They great, rely great question. On that? Mm. Well, I tell you, look at all the players that have played Davis Cup, that have played Fed Cup, that haven't done much in their career up to that point. But for whatever reason, the team captain selects them. They end up playing for Australia, and there's something else that just motivates them more. Mm. It's like a light gets switched on and they reach this, this level that they've never reached before. And I think that's, that's, that can propel. And that's exactly what happened or after. Like he was having success in Davis Cup. Then he goes on this US Open run, uh, you know, kind of out of nowhere, really. But, but it's that kind of thing that can, like you, as you say, you, you get really uh, a lot out of a team envir- environment and then you can bring that uh, to your singles play, which, which is hey, great. I've just got to say this. I don't know how David Hall is not working for Channel 9 commentary. Yeah, he, yeah. he is the best analyst in the business. And I move a motion that David Hall gets a gig with Channel 9 in the future with Nine's wide world of sports uh, because... You are in career best form. David Hall, round of applause. Standing O for a six-time world champion. Thanks thanks so much for joining us, uh, mate. We'll talk to you next week. I uh, appreciate it. You guys are the best. Thanks for that. David Hall joining us. Hey, Nerida, you're going to take off, but you want to give a shout-out to your husband who's been waiting in the car here at Shelley Beach. She said she was coming on for 10 minutes. 10 minutes, minutes mate. It's you're, been an hour. You're like... <laughs> You're like Klinger off MASH. Yeah. I'd like to keep them waiting. <laughs> Showed up for one day, stayed for 17 years. Treat him mean, keep him keen. Uh, <laughs> He's going to buy me a coffee now too. <laughs> now, are you are you vying for Jess Grimwood's spot as the third wheel or do you want to be the fourth wheel? Oh, no, third wheel. Third wheel. I'm a very competitive person. <laughs> happy to sort of work with Jess. You know, being in that surfing space, she probably travels a fair bit, so... Happy to be there. You're, you're welcome anytime, Narita. Anytime hey, at all. We've got, we've got the headphones on Jack from Jack Newton. Uh, can you stay with us, mate? We've just got to quickly go to the news. We'll come back and talk about this. Greg Chalmers Jr. So let me quickly paint the picture here. There are hundreds of kids on the practice green. They tee off, I think, in around about 30 minutes from now. Mm. 20 Central Coast players. We'll find out more right after this on SEN. BJ Howe's Meadowland. Mention SEN in-store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots, only until Friday, Jan 28th. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. We're live at Shelley Beach on this beautiful Saturday. What a fantastic show so far, Butes. Oh. And uh, you must be so excited to see these juniors in action. Uh, you know, some of them look diminutive in size, but you wait till they smash at 250 down the fairway. Yeah, I could only imagine. And it, it, you know what? It would lead to a level of frustration for my part because I'm going, how can they... They're so small, but how can they hit it so far? Well, what it shows is let the club do the work. It's yes. all about technique. Correct. And uh, uh, Jack from Jack Newton joins us. Good morning, mate. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Was everyone. it a prerequisite? Like to be part of the Jack Newton Foundation, <laughs> your name starts with Jack? Well, you got to be Jack? It's a bit tricky when I have to answer the phone, that's for sure. <laughs> Actually, uh, the Jack Newton was on recently, wasn't it? Tell us more. Yeah, so the Jack Celebrity Classic was uh, in December at Crown Plaza in the Hunter Valley. Mm. Um, 
obviously a great event. Celebrities, sponsors, etc., all raising money for junior golf and diabetes, which is really close to Jack and the Jack Newton Foundation. I pl- I've got to say, I've played up there on two occasions, and it is a great three, four days up there. And you know, Walsh says um, the serious side where people are playing golf and having a lot of fun there, but also um, what happens afterwards is good fun as well. Were you in fancy dress? Uh, you went as Robin from Batman and Robin. <laughs> Negative. No, I did not. Uh, I Nikki, did not. Nikki Garrett's played in that. Yeah, she yeah. played really well. She was the leader after day one, just this year gone. Um, yeah. And the Blake Windred, who won in Victoria, won the tournament in 2021. Okay. Hey, uh, we're so excited about this. Greg Chalmers, uh, former junior at this club. Can you tell us more about Greg and also his tournament? Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, Greg, Central Coast local and does a lot for junior golf uh, and he's very helpful. And without him, we wouldn't have this event here today with over 120 kids from all over New South Wales, from as far as Grafton in the north all the way down to Cold Canberra. So it's going to be a really good event. So is it just a one-day event? It's just the 18 holes and they, they're done or they, it's a culmination? No, it's actually two days, Yep, 18 holes each day, uh, early start tomorrow morning. And we've got kids as young as seven all the way up to 18. Wow. Hey, Jack, who do we keep an eye on? So I think you said there's a few Central Coast girls who could get hot as the day goes on. Yeah, most definitely. We've got a, a triple trio they are. Um, we've got Brooke Bodding, Abigail Grimish, and we also have Georgie Clune all from the Central Coast and playing off a very low handicap. Um, I'll definitely be watching out for them, that's for sure. How's it all play out, mate? How's the scoring? Obviously, you've got different ages. Is it, is it an age thing or is it all based on their handicap? Yeah, it's age groups and handicap. So yep. it's all about getting out there, having fun and meeting new people. That's the, the main part of the event and why we do this. So it's going to be a really, really good event. Um, have we had winners in the past of this tournament go on to play professionally? Most definitely. Recently, Jed Morgan, who just won the Australian PGA mm. by a massive margin, he won the tournament here about five years ago. Fantastic. Yeah, and these kids, they'd have to be inspired. Last week, we spoke at length about Cam Smith and also Matt Jones. Mm. Uh, you know, what an incredible tournament. 34 under, 32 under. John Rahm in that, the Spaniard who's world number one. So they've got plenty to aspire to. And uh, what time do we get underway here? 11 a.m.? 11.15, first tee time. Um, and I'd also mention Harry Atkinson's one to watch. Uh, interesting yep. story. So he's from the Newcastle Hunter region. Off a plus handicap. Plays right-handed, but putts left-handed. Oh, wow. Someone's showing off. Yeah. Clearly, uh, someone's showing off. Uh, Jack, I do want to touch on, mate. Can you give us a bit of an idea of, you know, the Jack Newton Foundation has been around for a long time now. You know, what sort of benefits are they offering to young athletes uh, in this game of golf? Yeah, so Jack Newton Junior Golf was started in 1986. And... Mm-hmm. The main idea of it is to promote junior golf and participation for children in sport. Uh, we do a lot of things like school clinics, which is really important, getting kids involved to the tournaments and, and programs where we have elite coaching. Hey, Jack, uh, great to see you, mate. Uh, really appreciate your time. Don't forget, we've got the, uh, the catch-up podcast, which comes out later on today. So feel free to share that with everyone in the junior golfing community. And uh, thanks so much to the Jack Newton Golf. Thank you very much for having us. Hey, let's go straight to our next guest. And this guy's been waiting patiently on the line. I like to call him the male model, uh, mm-hmm. Bob King. He's the best-looking older guy, uh, maybe on par with John Wall, that wow. old, you know, that old 75-year-old athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Bob King joins us live from Teyukanui Outrigger Club on the Central Coast. Good morning, mate. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you, all, 
Well, Butes can relate. He was the male model last week for BJ yep. Howes. Bob, uh, this time next week, we're going to have some of the best outrigger crews in Australia on the Central Coast for the head-to-head run by Teyakanui. It's a 50-kilometre race, one of the toughest in Australia. That's correct, Steve. It's, uh, it's quite unique, this race, uh, from Batonga to uh, Terrigal, a change of crews and then back. Uh, we're hoping for uh, a, f- a few uh, uh, swells to come through to make it a bit exciting for the boys and girls. And uh, it, it's a big challenge. It's only for the experienced paddler. Uh, but it's the second year that we've run this. Last year was very successful. Um, so we're hoping for a big turnout this year. How, uh, how long should it take for them to, you know, leaving Patonga to get into the Terrigal Haven and then obviously the, to re- the return trip? Yeah, the uh, the men's crews uh, take off at 8 a.m. Uh, should be about two hours, worst case two and a half. So anyone who wants to view it should go to the Skillion at Terrigal. Uh, take your binoculars with you. Uh, you should see the, uh, the the crews start coming through around about 10, between 10 and 11. And they'll uh, pull into the haven at Terrigal, change crews and then uh, back out and back down the coast. Yeah, I tell you, it's a fantastic sport, Buttes, and they're great athletes that do it. Uh, Bob, who are some of the crews we need to keep an eye out for? I I mentioned some of Australia's best, and some of them are just down the road, aren't they? Absolutely. We've got uh, one of the dominant crews in Australian outrigging is uh, the Northern Beaches Club, um, based on the Northern Beaches, naturally. Um, They're the uh, current champions um, of not only national champions, but the Sydney Harbour Challenge champions. And they didn't race in our our regatta last year, but they're they're there to win it this year. So they've got some very, very strong paddlers, uh, world champion uh, paddlers in their crews, Lee Wilson being one of them. And... uh, and their women are very strong. Their, their women uh, were part of the world champion uh, crew for Australia, which won it um, last year. So very strong crews. We've also got uh, Cronulla, uh, uh, which are always strong in the men's division. Uh, a crew called Akaika, which is from the northern beaches. Uh, some young boys there, young blokes. They like to call me to call them young. Um, they're a very strong crew as well. But we've got a number of other clubs uh, based in New South Wales. Uh, we have been hoping to get some of the Queenslanders down, but I think with the COVID situation of recent, um, it's uh, put a, a bit of a break on that. But uh, we're expecting a reasonable sort of turnout anyway. Yeah, and uh, Bob, uh, I know you've got support next year from AOCRA, which is the governing body, and that means you're hoping that this race next year could attract some international crews, including some of the world's best from Hawaii, also New Zealand, maybe the Cook Islands, uh, Tahiti. Mm. Tell us more. Well, that's right. Um, our vision for the for the years to come with AOCRA's support is to make this one of the uh, the grand um, outrigging uh, canoe um, uh, regattas on the calendar. As I say, there's always the national championships. There's also the, always the Sydney Harbour Challenge. They're two of the top ones. But uh, with this race being 50 kilometres long, uh, it's the longest race in Australia. And uh, once we get uh, some feedback from the overseas guys that they'll be coming, COVID conditions allowing that, um, we do expect New Zealanders, uh, the Hawaiians who are um, right up there in the in the world championships, also the Tahitians who are the world champions, 
so we've got if we can get these uh, crews across with uh, some sponsorship, uh, it'll be really put us on the map. Yeah, and well if done, I Bob. could, I'd like to. I'd like to give our, our couple of our sponsors a little plug: uh, Maui Gym and Shark Skin, uh, two of our sponsors for this regatta moving forward. Uh, without their support, it'd be pretty difficult to run it. So, um, mm. for those guys, thanks so much. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, Bob King, a.k.a. the male model from the peninsula. <laughs> uh, great to have you on the show, mate. And uh, fantastic. Thanks, if, if, you, if you doubt me at all, Buttes, no, I... ha- have a look at Bob King on the TV story yesterday. He oh. is dead set the Silver Fox. I have no doubt. No doubt. And I've got to say, I think we've found where we're going to have our uh, show next week, mate, down at the Haven. Uh, actually, there could be an arm wrestle because... Ooh, what have we got? Gary Birkinshaw wants us to go to the cricket. Oh, at uh, Tugra, there's a regional uh, country championships. But uh, hey, hey, let's let's get them to duke it out. <laughs> yes, why yeah. not? Why not? Well done, Bob. Good on you, buddy. Good luck for it next week. Mate. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, mate. All the best. Cheers. Bob King joining us from the great club on the peninsula, Teyakanui Outriggers. We'll take a quick commercial break here. We'll talk some cricket in just a moment. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Meadowland. Mention SEN in store to receive 20% off your next pair of Mac Trady work boots. Only until Friday, Jan 28th. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. Live at Shelley Beach. Uh, got a left-hander just off the green here. And That's not a bad shot. Not I a bad shot I think he's all. done extremely well yeah. from where he was. It's a tap in from there. It's a gimme. And uh, we're watching these juniors. They yeah. get underway in a few oh, moments' time. Oh. His we're... mates are shaking, the, shaking their heads saying it's not a tap-in for him. Not a tap-in. Not a tap-in. No, no. They've clearly seen putt. Yeah. Hey, we want, oh. to, men- we want to mention Meatloaf before the end of the show because, oh. uh, I mean, we were all just devastated yesterday. I don't know if you, Buttes, it might be before your time, but 1977, mm. about out of hell, what an album. And I go further back. I go back to the Rocky Horror Picture Show where Meatloaf... Uh, it didn't come to a good end. Frankenfurter was after him, but, you know, what an incredible movie that was, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And uh, Pete, Pete would know. Our, our technician, right. you got some great memories? Uh, thanks, Steve. Yeah, Meatloaf 1978 at the Horton Pavilion. Uh, the album had just come out, as you said, and uh, he was on, and it was uh, supported by the Angels. Oh. So it was a massive night. And I do remember he started with Bat Out of Hell, which went for about 15 minutes. Yeah. It was the extended, extended version. Yeah. Magnificent and yet, show. And I, I dare say if you had played it at the end for another 15 minutes, you wouldn't have cared. Nobody would have left. Nobody would have Correct. cared. It was a great show. And a great, what a great presence on stage. You know what? Unfortunately for <laughs> Meatloaf, he's probably most remembered especially here in Australia, <laughs> for his performance at the uh, <laughs> AFL Grand Final, and which yeah, wasn't that great. He shouldn't be. That's, no, he shouldn't be. No. He was a, a great performer who, you know, did some amazing, amazing work. And yeah. a, go- a golf fanatic too. Mm. And uh, I got a text from my best mate on the Gold Coast, uh, Rolly Roach. Uh, he went to see Meatloaf at Seagulls, the uh, famous rugby league club up there. And the show starts, Meatloaf comes flying out with a flying sidekick like Mr Miyagi. <laughs> But he doesn't land correctly. They hear some profanity. Meatloaf has broken his leg. 
And the show is off. Ah, oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, so many great songs. What's your favourite Meatloaf song? Have you got one? Um, it would be Dashboard by the... Paradise by the Dashboard. Paradise. Oh. Yeah, that's the one. I like it, that one. It's funny, too, over Christmas, uh, my sister-in-law and I were having a couple of drinks and we were singing that song mm. as loud as we could. And she said last night on the Gold Coast they were playing Meatloaf songs down the golf what's club. He, what's he got? Two out of three ain't bad. Is that him as yeah, well? Yeah, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. yeah. I want you, uh, I need you. Beautiful. But we do actually, no we do actually have some audio of Meatloaf, which would. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I mean, that is some of the. That's, w- you know, that was that that was Meatloaf at the uh, <laughs> AFL Grand Final. <laughs> All right, let's go to let's go to Gary Birkenshaw because we're running short of time here. Uh, Burko, we've got a new nickname for you, the Gary Guru. the Guru. Birkenshaw, the world's best cricket analyst. Good morning, mate. And what about the demolition in Hobart on day three last week? Yeah, g'day, guys. How are you? Yeah, look, um, yeah, they, they, they surrendered pretty meekly, didn't they, the, uh, the, the Poms on, you know, on the, in the fifth test. It probably summed up their whole tour, really. Just the way they gave their wickets away, it was probably pretty embarrassing, really. And the uh, mm. 4-0, 4-0 result was probably pretty poor. Cause I'm not sure that we played all that well either, but they were very poor. Yeah, Butte's at one for 68, and yeah. then suddenly all out for 124. Right. And, you know, it just crumbled like a house of cards. No resilience. 10 for 58 they lost, which is rather embarrassing. I went to bed at 9.30, and they were four for, and I woke up the next morning, they're all out, like all within 45 minutes or an, uh, an hour, which is pretty poor. I, I think I sent you a text saying uh, they're going to implode at some stage, yeah. and, and, and that's certainly, or capitulate was the word I, I used. I've got to say, Gaz, you, you look at, um, oh, sorry, Guru, you look at the man of the series, Travis Head, I've got to say, Scotty Boland wouldn't have been far off, mate. He must have been breathing down the neck uh, for that award because his performances were unbelievable. What an amazing story that's been. I agree with you. He was sensational. For a bloke who was at the beginning of the series, no one even heard of him. And then he comes up, you get your opportunity, and he excelled in, in every test that he played. And the thing was with him, every time he had the ball, he looked like taking a wicket. Yes. And that, that was, a lot of times he did. So no, yeah. a fantastic performance by Scotty Boland. You're certainly two of Pakistan, there's no doubt about that. I would have given Boland man of the series because he just destroyed England in Melbourne. Uh, and when I heard it, uh, you know, congratulations to Travis Head, but I thought, oh, it's just gone to another batsman. I, I think Boland changed the game, the dynamic of the game. Well, what are your thoughts, uh, I was going to say Burko, but it's Guru from now on. And yeah. he took okay. five for 18 in Hobart. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I, I think the way the series panned out, I reckon the man of the series had to go to a bowler. I think the bowlers yeah. dominated the series. I know Travis Head played two very, very good innings, but the bowlers actually set up the Ashes win for him. And, you know, Scotty Bowen, as you said, he's taken every time he took big bags of wickets and, and got what he did, he got the good players out. And that, that's an important thing. So I would have given him the man of the series without a doubt either. Mate, did you see the performance the other night, the big show? Uh, Melbourne oh. Stars. I've got, to, I've got to talk about it because it was unbelievable. 154 not out, 64 balls. Stoinis joins him, picks up a quick 70 off 30-odd balls. 272 runs in 20 overs. Unbelievable batting. It's amazing. If someone comes out and hits 70, 74 or whatever he had off 32 balls, and no one, no one even gives him a mention. That's, that's, yes. how, that's, how, good, that's how good the innings of Maxwell was. And yep. Look, they just went hard and went, went off and... Uh, yeah, look, fantastic to watch. Um, didn't do Hobart any good after getting knocked out again last night. So uh, disappointed the Stars didn't make the finals, but that was a fantastic, fantastic 20 overs of cricket. Hey, Guru, we've got about two and a half minutes left. Uh, we just want to talk about the reigning Alan Davidson medal winner, Dylan Robertson. Last weekend, this is one of the great performances of all time in Central Coast cricket. Can you tell us more? 
Yeah, mate, yeah, playing um, playing against Brisbane Water for King Cumber the other day. He's taken, you know, has a bowl first and bowls 24 overs unchanged with his left arm spin and takes 8 for 48. And if that's normally up 8 for 48, you go and put the, put your finger up and you know, look forward to a cold arm. And he goes and puts the, put the pads on, has a bat, and then goes and gets 71 not out off 39 balls. So it wasn't a one-man show, but, but, but pretty close to it. And the Central Coast rep side in action next weekend. In fact... Uh, Buttes is tossing up. Are we going to the cricket next Saturday mm. or are we going to the Haven to watch Tayikanui and the head-to-head 50k race? Well, oh, be that, that's to... a tough match. It is tough, mate, because I live in Terrigal. So... <laughs> not, not that there's any bias, but Guru, at all. Not that there's any bias at all. <laughs> it's not that tough at all, really. <laughs> no, no. So, no, the country champs on next, next weekend, so it should be good. The Central Coast uh, out there trying to uh, to win the Northern Pool to get on to play the, the Southern side. So it should be a good weekend at Tugwood next Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep, and we've got the women's, uh, the Terrigal Matcham team. They remain un- unbeaten at the moment, but the big clash is uh, Lizrael Arimba Derby, second versus yeah, nice third. Derby. Yeah, nice Derby. Terrigal Matcham going along really, really well, as you said, but that should be a good game at Lizrael sporting field today. No, no, uh, no love loss between these two sides. They've built a nice little rivalry this year, so it should be a good game. I'll, I'll be out there, so it should be good. Hey, Guru, thank you so much for your time, mate. Enjoy the weekend. Our people will talk to your people about maybe doing the outside broadcast next week. Good on you guys. Really good. Appreciate your time. That is Gary Guru Birkinshaw. Butte's my highlight of the week. Yes. Without doubt, the Buffalo Bills, their oh. win over New England. Felt like minus five in Buffalo, and they get the job done. 47-17. There's plenty happening there in the NFL playoffs. Yeah, and San Francisco up against Dallas. Uh, what a game that was. Two of the greatest franchises of all time, yeah. and San Francisco through to week two of the NFL playoffs. Taking on the cheese cut, what are they, cheese heads or something? Uh Green Bay Packers. Yeah, so massive, absolutely massive. Thanks to Adam back at headquarters. Thanks to Pete, our technician. Good luck to all the junior golfers. We'll catch you next week, Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.